Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Welcome to Heaven Old Ministry. I am Pastor Barry, accompanied by Pastor Shay. Amen. My beautiful wife and my son Malachi. Amen. We're going to get started here. Glory to God. I'm very excited about the word tonight. Amen. God just began to deal with my heart. Amen. Just in a matter of minutes, He began to deal with my heart. But so we're going to pray. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you right now, your son Jesus' name. We thank you for the word that's about to go forth, Lord God. We thank you right now, Lord God, that we learn tonight, Lord God, to put first things first. We glorify you in the name of Jesus. Today, we thank you right now and be magnified by our lives, in our lives, through our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Of course, as you can see, we're talking about covenant. Amen. But we're talking about something specific where covenant is concerned. We're talking about covenant priority. Now, I like the concept that when the Holy Spirit gave it to me, I, you know, I heard it, but it was like, okay, where, where are we going with this Holy Spirit? And so, what I did was I took the time out to define the word priority so we can begin to see exactly what the Holy Spirit is saying here about covenant priority. Now, watch the concept. First of all, Let's break covenant down in its simplest form. We're not going to make it all extreme and be. Let's just break it down to its simplest form. A covenant in its simplest form is this. It is an unbreakable agreement. Amen. It is an unbreakable agreement. Talk with me if you will real quick to John chapter 10. And I want to point out this thought here. Oh, the covenant being an unbreakable agreement. John chapter 10. Glory! Hallelujah. Amen. Excited about the word. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Alright, we're in John chapter 10. Glory to God. We're in John chapter 10, and we're going to start. Let's start at verse 19. It says, There was a division. There was a division, therefore, again amongst the Jews for this for these sayings. Jesus had been saying some things, and the Jews now are upset and there are now a division amongst the Jews because of the things Jesus is saying. Let's go on to this father here. He was talking about him being a doorway. Amen. The foe, the sheep, the thief. Amen. The howling. He was talking about these things. He talked about these things. The Bible said that there was division. They were divided. There was a division again. There was a division Again, amongst the Jews for these saints. And many of them said, 
had he had the devil and is mad. Why hear ye him? Glory to God. Why hear ye him? Let's go a little farther. It says, and others said, these are not the words of him that had a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews around about him and said unto him, How long doest thou make us doubt if thou be the Christ? Tell us plainly. Jesus answered, Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not the works that I do in my Father's name. They bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my hand. I and my Father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Here go my Father. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I shown you from my Father. Which of these those works do ye stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, because that thou being a man, makest thyself God. Jesus answered them, Is not is it not written in your law? I say, Ye are God. If he called them God unto whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken. You see that? The scripture cannot be broken saying ye are of him whom the father has sanctified sent to the world thou blasphemy because I said I am the son of God. Now listen to the concept here. I want to point out this concept here. It says that a covenant is simple. It is simply, if you point it out, if you look at it in the simple form, it's simple. It is an unbreakable agreement. Jesus just helped us to understand the context of an unbreakable agreement. He said this here, glory to God, concerning the scriptures that the Pharisees knew, but when they looked at him, they didn't understand. He said this here about those scriptures. The scriptures cannot be broken. I want you to get that concept. That they can't be broken. That's what I want you to do. And God has made an unbreakable agreement with us believers today. So what I want to do is I want to point out covenant priorities. Look at what it means. Look at what priority means. Say it with me. Priority. This is what priority means. It is, first of all, it's a thing that is regarded 
as more important than another or most important. It is a thing that is regarded as more important than another. Glory to God. Two, it is the right to take precedence before another. Three, it is to proceed before another. Seven, it's not hard. Priority is simply this. It is regarding the thing that is most important. It is esteeming the thing above everything else that is most important. So today we're talking about covenant priority. When we begin to talk about the covenant being an unbreakable agreement, we got to see the importance of the covenant. I was talking to a friend of mine today, and, and as I was talking to him, this is what I said to him. I said, when you begin to consider the fact that there's, not a fact, when you consider the truth of the matter, that there are two covenants. One, a new covenant, and one, an old covenant. And as I just meditate on that thought, this is what I come to realize. You have to take into consideration what was the old covenant to this degree God had to establish or he went about to establish another covenant. You got to go back and you got to now look at the old covenant and say, wait a minute. What is it about the old covenant? What is it about the people that God made a covenant with according to the old to where he had to Redo that covenant and make a new one. Let's look at a passage, another passage, real quick, and point out something here where that thought is concerned. Remember, priority it is that which is esteemed or regarded as most important. It is esteemed above another. It is precedent. It is it takes precedence, precedence before another. Tell them if you will real quick the Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to look at this real quick. Amen. I'll probably die. Hebrews chapter 8. Not 8. Amen. Let's look at it. Let's look at verse, start at verse 6. 
It says, but now has he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant which was established upon better promises. Verse 7. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been given I apologize, not how to read. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for a second. Now, I want you to get this concept uh, here real quick. What is so important about covenant? To the degree God said that there's a fault I find with the old covenant or with the covenant that I have in place. What is it that's so important? Let's look at it. The Bible says this here says he obtained a more excellency, a more excellent ministry by how much he also is the mediator of a better covenant, established upon better promises. For if the first covenant, if that first covenant had been faulted, it's it looked like God found fault with the first covenant to this degree where it was bad. But I realized something. The old covenant wasn't bad. And yet God found fault with it. To me, I find this amazing. The guy found fault with something that wasn't bad. Go over that. Look at the idea here of what it means to find fault. Simple. Fault is simply this. Defect. That, that, that's the word that's coming up. Defect. Deficiency. In other words, this is what it means where fault is concerned. God found fault with the old covenant to this degree. Not the fact that it was wrong or wasn't good. But the fact that it couldn't give him what he needed. It couldn't allow him to do what he desired. In that, he found fault. Not the fact that it was bad, but that he couldn't get from it the thing he desired. The question is, what is it that he desired? That becomes the question. Let's see what he desired. The next verse says it's here. For finding fault with them. Oh. So the old covenant. Put God in a position to where. When he looked at his covenant people. He found fault with them. Now here's the thought. 
God never intended to have to look at his people and find fault. God never wanted to look at his people and find fault. So what God did was he said, I have to fix this. In other words, I gotta take this old covenant which I have put in place and do away with it to this degree that I desire to see my people fallen. I like that. When I look out on my people, I don't want to see fault. I want to see the people I love. I want to see the people I've been covenanting with. But the old covenant caused me to be in a position to where when I looked at them, glory to God, all I saw was their faults. So, now God is saying, I gotta make another one. So he says, and finding fault with them, verse 8, for finding fault with them, he said, Behold, the day comes in the Lord when I will make a new covenant. With the house of Israel, with the house of Judah. So let's get the concept here. If God has said, I have found fault with my people and I got to do away with the fault-finding covenant, it's all indicated is here that God's intention is to look at his people and in spite of their condition, glory to God, in spite of their situation, he wants to see them without fault. So look at the concept there. Look at it. It says, in verse 8, he said, the days come, well, I'm going to fix this thing. Well, when I look out from the balance of heaven to my people, I will not find fault. Now, I like this concept. To me, it's amazing that today we stand before God without a single flaw. It didn't say that we was without mess up. But what it did say was, was that when we when God looks out from the balance of heaven, he sees fallen people. People without fault. So this is God's priority. This is what God desired. This is what God has esteemed. This is what God, mm, glory to God. This is what God has made more important or the most important to this degree. Well, he has put 
his desire to see his people flawless above before ahead of sin and I know it seems like it's hard because we make it seem like God does things to the degree where he's not able to embrace people that are still making mistakes He's not able to love people that are still making mistakes. And we call them sinners, and, 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 and they still make mistakes, and they say we can't. But what God did, what God did, what God said itself. The Bible said God said itself. The day is come, says the Lord. When I make a new covenant. To me, this is amazing. Why would he go and make a new covenant? The old one sure did just fine. If we let a letter tell it, you just fine. You know, it kept us walking to the degree where we was trying to make our self look right, sound right, walk right. And yet, we found ourselves in a place of condemnation. A place of not adding up. A place of not being enough. And so at that point we became condemned within ourselves. We became our own problem. We held ourselves back. We wouldn't let ourselves go forward. But we blamed it on God. But God said, I fixed the problem. When I established a new covenant, I fixed the problem. Nobody sees the problem that God fixed. Everybody still trying to fix their own problem. To me, this is amazing. God needs us to prioritize our life according to the covenant that He has established. This covenant that He established, it can't be broken. It is forever established between God and us. Now I like the concept of this covenant because when God made the covenant, He made it with us in mind. You got to think about it. When God established this new covenant, He had to. He couldn't have established his new covenant and didn't have us in mind when he did it. He had to look at the old covenant, the old people of the old covenant, and look at them and look and then think about us today 
He said, when I make this covenant, I got to consider the fact that if I don't do this thing right, then I'm not going to see this the right way either. So we see God says, I'm going to make a better covenant. I'm going to make a covenant that is where I don't find fault. So, you know, and I know it sounds hard. It seems like it's a hard thing, but when you think about it this way, The problem with the old covenant was that he found fault with his people according to the scripture. So that would also insinuate that God didn't want to find fault with his people when he looked at it out of So now when God goes to undo the old, to reestablish that in life, when he goes to do away with the old and establish the new, then you gotta understand that he had you and your shortcomings in mind. You gotta see that. There's no way that when God made this covenant, he didn't consider the fact that I was still making mistakes. But we down on ourselves, we get down on ourselves, and we pin ourselves down because we don't know that God had already took into consideration what you were going to do, what I was going to do, how we were going to act, how. He had already took all that into consideration. Yeah, anyway, he looked at the old covenant and he saw the Bible saying he found fault with the old covenant. To this degree, he found fault in them. Yeah, see, God looked at the old covenant, saw himself finding fault with the old covenant, his old covenant people, and he said, I gotta fix this. So when the new man show up, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, if any man be in Christ, he a new creature, old name, that's way more, old name, come new. This man here is a new creature. But the problem has been this. Every new creature, he has esteemed the thing most important. As important. As a church, what we've made more important is how we look in front of others, how we sound in front of others, how we we esteem that is more important. We have made that the priority, and that has never been the priority. The priority has always been that I stay mindful of what God did in the new couple. The question becomes, what did he do? 
to where I have to stay mindful. Alright. Whatever he did, that's the thing I need to regard. It's more important than any other thing. Let's look at what God did in the new covenant. Let's read a little farther down in this passage in chapter 8. We're going to start at verse 9. It says, let's start at verse 8. For finally fall with them, he said, Behold, the day comes, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Verse 9. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the days when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt because they continue not in my covenant and I regard them not says the Lord so his intention was always was to regard them but when they couldn't keep the covenant he could not regard them for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their minds and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, No, the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. Verse 12, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. Verse 12, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. Verse 12, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. Oh, God. And will and will I remember no more? Okay. And their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. And then he said, A new covenant I have made. Glory to God. Did you see that? Did you notice what happened there? He went right from saying, I'm gonna be merciful to the unrighteousness. And their sins and their niggas I remember no more. And that he said, I make a new covenant. In that. In what? In their iniquity and their sins. No longer remember. And I will be merciful to their unrighteous. In other words, I will. I would change their status of unrighteousness. I'll be merciful to it. Glory to God. You gotta understand. For me to be merciful to you in an unrighteous state, I would have to consider you as righteous to not consider your unrighteousness. Okay, Mr. Rock said that word. He will not consider your unrighteousness. 
Amen. So in, in other words, he consider you as righteous. If he's not considering you unrighteous, that means he, he's considering you, but not as one that is unrighteous. Glory to God. So I will have mercy on the unrighteous. Verse 13 again. In that he said, a new covenant he made, he has made the first old. Now that which is decayed and wax old is ready to vanish away. I like this concept right here. It makes me think about what John said. John said he said when, he, when Jesus was coming, he said, uh, I must decrease that he may increase. That wouldn't make me think about it. Here, the Holy Spirit is saying that the old has to decrease or vanish away. That the new can become priority. That the new can take precedence before the old. That the old would stop, but the new would proceed. That glory to God. That we would regard as more important what he established in the new. What did he establish in the new? Let's look at a couple more passages in the moment. Shut it down. Go with me real quick to Hebrews chapter 10. I'm going to point out something. Amen. And then we're going to go to another passage and then we're going to bring it to a close. Amen. Glory to God. All right. Verse 10 says here. For the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the thing can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continue to make the common down too perfect. So watch what happens here. Now real quick, the idea, the overall goal here is to make the common down too perfect. But we see that the old establishing the old couldn't make them perfect. But yet still God said, therefore that is my overall goal is to perfect them. Real quick. When God made man to walk in his image and after his lightning, when he created him, he had to be looking for perfection. Or he would not have used himself. He had to be looking for perfection. Amen. Let me see, can I wrap this up, sum this up real quick? God desires perfection. Man can't give God perfection. So 
So God has to make me Apart from his attempt of perfection. Mm. I'm going to say it again. God is our perfection. Man can't give God perfection. So God has to make man perfect apart from his attempts for perfection. What God wants us to esteem more important is what He done in the covenant and what we became in the covenant He made. Not what we can do to become what He established in the covenant. No, but rather what we became when He established the covenant. Nobody except nobody glory to God. Covenant for all. We're going to continue this here. Uh, but this is what I want you to know. We gotta esteem the thing more important that God has esteemed more important than what the covenant is concerned. One, first of all, it's unbreakable. God did not take his mind on what he has said about you in this covenant. Second of all, this here. God is not holding you in contempt, but he's been merciful to your unrighteousness. He's not remembering your sin and your iniquity. This is what God has made important. And yet we hold ourselves to this. So with that being said, tonight we're going to work to get ourselves in a place of not holding ourselves to contempt, but esteeming what God said more important about the covenant, above our own ideology, above our own thoughts and thinking. With that being said, Glory to God. Hallelujah. I want to thank you for tuning in today on Facebook. I want to thank you for tuning in on podcast. Amen. With that being said, we want to say this here that today God is in covenant with you. God has made an unbreakable agreement with you that you are his people and he is your God. And he's merciful to your unrighteousness and he does not remember your iniquities in your sin. This is what he has done in the new covenant. So with that being said, today I want you to go forward esteem covenant priority. Make it what's important to God important to you. With that being said, this pastor be signing out. Amen.